Thank you for joining today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. And thank you for having a desire to be your best at work and helping your organization achieve success. This podcast focuses on tactical actions to improve workplace culture. And these tactics align to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Today, we're joined by my colleague, Dr. Joanne Sternke, one of our leader coaches, serves organizations across the country on a journey to excellence. Joanne first joined us on the show in episode 35, Pursue Performance Excellence, where I introduced her many achievements, including leading her school district to achieve the Malcolm Baldridge Award. And Joanne's been very involved in the the Baldridge process throughout her professional experience and um, has been a leader in that area. So we're just so thrilled to have her join us today and to bring her back to the show. Joanne, thank you for being with us. I can't tell you how excited I am. I love the topic we're going to be talking about today. That's great. And it's a, it's a topic that is front and center in most everyone's mind as well. And, and I know the way that you think about innovation um, is something that people can learn from. I know I sure have. Um, so today we'd like to explore that topic and, and being innovative means more than just, <laughs> just coming up with cool stuff to do. That's kind of what I've heard you say and others, you know, it's more than just cool stuff to do. So with that, Joanne, let's start with this question. What does innovation mean to you? Oh, it's such a great question. And I am going to talk for a minute about what it's not, what it isn't, because I think it just gives that context of, first of all, as you said, it's not a plethora of cool ideas. It's not about the coolness of the idea. It's about how meaningful that idea is in terms of what value it provides. It's so it doesn't have to be so new and different. It's really more of a value proposition of how much impact it's providing in a different way, possibly. The other thing I always like to say innovation isn't is it's not on the shoulders of genius. Oftentimes, I think we, we misrepresent innovation as something only geniuses do. In fact, if I ask an audience or those I serve, give me the name of some innovators. Oh, my goodness. You know, they'll say Tesla, Ford. You know, and then all I ever think is, well, I'm not worthy. That's not me. <laughs> so I must not be able to innovate. And that is so not true. Innovation isn't that idea of light bulb moments. It's not like we wake up in the middle of the night with innovation. I think the biggest thing about innovation to me is that it's the result of a process. The outcome is the innovation, but the process of getting there is something all of us can do in our organizations. If we really think about how to go about framing wonderful questions about that word value, What could we do to provide more value to those we serve? What could we do to have more value in how we serve? If we keep thinking about the value in our organizations, we are more likely to innovate. And that definition of value is part of innovation that I love, so that it's meaningful change that creates new value for stakeholders. It could be a big breakthrough, but it could be incremental. And that to me is really freeing as we think about how to innovate, right? It doesn't have to be so big that it's so different. Some of the best innovation in the Baldridge organizations I visited is when they take an idea from one organization, not in their sector, and use it in theirs. That's an innovation. 
Um, I'll give you an example. And again, it's a personal one. I went on lots of Baldridge site visits and I went to hospitals and many of them had volunteer coordinators. And I came back to my school district and said, how do we get volunteers in the classroom? It's left up to a teacher to decide if they want volunteers, if they have the time to get any, if they feel comfortable having people in their classroom. And I was really uncomfortable with that. And so I said, volunteer coordinator, I'm gonna get me one of those. And then with that, we were able to increase by tens of thousands of hours, the number of hours reading to children because we could tap volunteers in a more systematic way. And so then I'll close and just say that innovation comes from thinking about system differently. And that to me is the other part that organizations can do really well. It doesn't make it about cool ideas that come in the middle of the night, but it's about a process and a system and developing a culture to really nurture those ideas and that knowledge sharing into a process. So, you know, Joanne, you you specifically, which I, I love the way you um, you framed this, you specifically talked about innovation of really connecting to results, right? I mean, it's, it's, that's really what you're trying to do is drive to results. And so how does innovation then fit into that, to the systems improvement concept, you know, that we always talk about? Such a good, such a good question. So to me, innovation exists in the S of PDSA. It sometimes can live in the planning process. You know, when we talk about how are we going to establish a beachhead, we think innovatively about our audiences and those areas that we want to pursue. Innovation can come from planning. There's no doubt. But the best innovation comes when we study our results and we realize that in order to get better results, we need to do something different. And so if we hit that pause button and ask really good questions about why we did achieve our results, how can we be innovative in doing more of that? Or when we didn't reach our results, what can we do differently? Is it a matter of how we did it or who we serve? Or was our why not clear? But innovation comes in the S, in the study part of Plan, Do, Study, Act. So the more frequently an organization goes through that cycle, you know, if you are on a 60-day cycle of looking at your results or a 30-day cycle versus once a year, <laughs> you will have more opportunities for innovation because the very process of looking at results gets us to ask really good questions. And innovation comes from answering those really good questions. Oh, and I think too, Joanne, it just makes me really think about, you know, we talk about engagement and engaging our employees a lot, you know, and, and I mean, there's just such a direct connection to engaged employees to what you're talking about right now. It's so true, Janet. When I used to think about what innovation was, I used to think about how innovative I was or wasn't. But that as if it was all on my job as the leader of the school district to be the chief innovator. But really, that is a very misshapen idea because innovative ideas come from a culture where you allow intelligent risk-taking and you foster it. And I love that term, intelligent risk-taking. So it's not just any cool idea or risk, but those intelligent risks that will allow us to better achieve our plan, 
or better get results. And if we create a culture where people feel comfortable to say, you know, this is an idea that I think might work, it's that culture that primes the pump. And so I always like to think about it with this analogy. Every time we think about innovation, in fact, if you would do a web search, the idea of a light bulb comes up as if it's that thing of an idea. But if you think about all sorts of gears working together, 20 or 30 gears, and if you think about those gears turning to turn on a light bulb, those gears are the people. And so as a leader, we want to prime that pump and make those gears really feel like they're turning and in motion. And we do that by really making sure we have a culture that really isn't censoring itself from offering ideas in the name of better results. And so as we, you know, as you think about what that, and as you think about where we are right now in some major disruption within our systems and our organizations, school districts, higher ed institutions, government, I mean, regardless, healthcare, and where is the disruption is from COVID-19, you know, as you're out with leaders, what types of innovations do you see K-12 schools engaging in? Because I know you've been having good conversations out there, Joanne. Well, it is an exciting time. And, and what do they say? The necessity is the mother of invention. And I would <laughs> yeah. say necessity is the mother of innovation. You are seeing I have the pleasure of working with partners all across our country, leaders that by necessity had to redesign how education was being delivered and are doing so with tremendous innovation. And I might say innovation that they never thought they had the capacity to implement. And yet out of necessity have created wonderful systems to deliver instruction in very new ways, not face-to-face. So from the way We've seen innovation in how teachers are connecting with kids, you know, parades in neighborhoods. And you see wonderful examples of things that never would have been thought of in our traditional environment now being thought of that way. But I also am seeing our partners not only talk about innovation and how they're connecting with students and most importantly, delivering instruction, but in how they're viewing um, efficiencies in their operations. You know, I have yet to talk to a superintendent who hasn't said something like, I'm going to tell you, we're going to be connecting with people on Zoom, even when we don't have to. Right. Because it's more (laughs) efficient. That's an innovation. I think sometimes we don't think it is, but sure it is. It's changing the way you do business to be more value driven, you know, to use people's time better. And so I really love what I'm seeing in terms of people making great decisions about how they're deploying their resources, you know, using bus drivers in different ways because they don't have to transport children. So how can they do that? I've seen leaders say, you know, now that we're not in school, we're going to be thinking this summer and saying that instead of a three-month cleaning time, we have a five-month time to clean our schools. That's an innovation, just thinking about it differently and doing that work differently. And so my hat is off to our leaders who out of necessity have really allowed their teams to think very creatively as they've responded, but even more so in the last few weeks, thinking really creatively about how to come back to school given the unknowns of what we might face 
and now saying, you know, let's think systematically and yet let's let that system let us think innovatively as we think about what that may look like as we come back. You know, Joanne, it's, it is exciting. And, you know, it, it's uh, just looking at something kind of simple. As you know, uh, the daily huddle is probably not an innovation, right? I mean, it's not something that's innovative. It's out there. But the way that we've, like we apply it, we do a daily huddle, the 15-minute daily huddle. And so I've shared that uh, our agenda and what we do with others of our partners. And they're deploying it and they like it. I mean, that's one of the things that they like the most. And it is what they're saying is, look, I don't care if we're face to face, we're going to do our daily huddle virtually every day because you know this is it's so meaningful in terms of how we build those connections and really prioritize our work and as i listen to you talk if somebody said wow that's really innovative i would be like are you kidding me <laughs> like that doesn't feel like we're, that's very innovative but i think that's something like what you're talking about is that right joanne you bet you know the huddle started as a, a healthcare term you know we talk about doctors doing rounds and, and at shift changes huddles to pass on information Well, at this key time, great leaders like you thought, you know what, we really have to be intentional in how we connect and in how we share information so that we build trust because we lower anxiety and we're all on the same wavelength. And I've seen as a participant of those daily huddles, you know, what it does in terms of just making us feel settled. And then in that environment, when you're anxious, you aren't thinking innovatively. You're just hanging on. But the huddle, I think, especially with some of the great questions you have of where are you stuck? You know, and even though it isn't a problem-solving meeting per se, it really gets us thinking collectively about not only those relationships, but about how can we think differently about our work at this disruptive time. So you're right. It's, It's an innovation all the way across the board. That's great, Joanne. So as we summarize today, you know, I'd like to just um, get into to your head and to give some advice to our listeners. So as they're leading their way through COVID and trying to move from this concept that John Cotter calls survive to thrive, you know, we've been in survival mode and we're really trying to move to thrive and to be better on the other side. You know, what advice would you give to our listeners today? Well, first of all, my hats are off to our listeners and and really those leaders that are really working to get from survive to thrive and think about that vision of a preferred future and and how we can be better because of what we've gone through and really emerge on the other side of this with even more successful practices. You know, and as I think about Cotter's work, and I love it just like you do, Janet, I think about that idea of survive, reset, thrive that taking that time to reset, it's not like thriving is going to happen by accident. It's very intentional. And innovation comes from that reset, that time we take to think about what do we need to do in order to thrive? And then really build that time to reflect, look back, look forward, and ask really good questions about, you know, how can we better serve? How can we better be in this world that is going to be different when we enter school next year. And the second thing I want to say that I see great leaders doing to move from survive to thrive, it is about systems thinking, but it's also about systematic relationship building. Innovation doesn't come from compliant people in the workforce. Innovation comes from committed people in the workforce that will do whatever it takes to provide that needed value. And so if we can get a workforce 
if we can get our people to feel not just compliant that they're doing the work, but that, that they are so committed to doing it well, that innovative spirit flourishes in and of itself. So what I see that gives me hope is I have the pleasure of working with wonderful leaders who want to get better at getting better in terms of building systems, but they also want to get better at getting better in how they really fuel commitment in people by building terrific relationships and tending to the culture with things like huddles and things like just those check-ins and rounding. That spirit of tending to culture and tending to system and process is what fuels innovation. And that's what we need right now in order to do exactly what Potter said, move from survive to thrive. Thank you, Joanne. So just uh, love the topic and love your take on the topic of innovation today. So appreciate your time and connecting with our audience. Uh, just thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Janet. It's a pleasure. And to all those listeners out there, keep on keeping on. You're doing great work. Yeah, and I think as we move to, to, to just a reflection this week, I, I would um, maybe ask you to do two things. One, maybe just reflect on a time when you were trying to achieve a result and you applied an action and you would have never thought of it as innovative, but maybe it was innovative and really reflect on how that could have been an innovation. And then really, as you all are thinking about ways that you re-enter work and manage through this disruption, What's a result that's most significant to you to achieve? And how do you, what, what's one thing you could do this week to build a collective conversation around that result and explore ways that you can solve that problem together and see what ideas you get and then how you're focusing those ideas on achieving results? I think those two things would just help us begin to think about how we manage through sometimes that feel highly anxious for us. And as Joanne said, it's your opportunity to go through this reset process to move from survive to thrive. And that's what we all want to do when we come out on the other side. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share the podcast and make sure you're subscribed. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. Look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can all be our best at work. Have a great week.